It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. I invited Brandy Maslowski back onto A Quilter's Life to share an update as to what she's been doing the last couple of years. If you missed her previous episode, you'll want to go back and listen to that. Brandy is not only a leader and teacher in the quilt industry, but also is the podcast host on the Quilter on Fire podcast, where she and her guests go from having insightful discussions about quilting and fiber art to finding out their stories and what brings them joy. Brandy, I am so excited to get to visit with you again. I can't believe it's been two years since we talked and I wanted an update and see how things are going with you. I know, Paula, I can't believe it has been two years and it's so nice to be back. I would love to have a fun conversation with you today about everything that's been happening over the last two years. It's been a lot from what I've seen you post. Yeah. I don't know if everyone knows, but you have the Quilter on Fire podcast and you've had that since before we talked the last time. So that's been going well. You've had some amazing guests. Do you want to talk about your podcast? Yeah, let me just chat about a few of the most wonderful guests. I mean, I have to say that all of my guests have had their own wonderful stories, but how do you even choose, right, who to talk about? It's like talking about your favorite kid, but I'll just go with some of the episodes that have had the best listenership and have been the most popular. So the first one I want to chat about is Alex Anderson. She was a guest that I had been dreaming having on the podcast for quite some time, and she is literally America's sweetheart of quilting, right? And so from Simply Quilt, her original show to thequiltshow.com with Ricky Timms, she was just a wonderful episode. It was so nice. She was calm, personal. She just gave such wonderful stories. So it was a joy to have her on the show. And then another favorite of mine was Sue Spargo. Sue Spargo is that hand-stitched wool layered quilting effect when she does her work and She just brings so much joy to the world through hand stitch. It's incredible to talk to some of these creators and dive into their stories. And they literally are creating all day, every day, and just bringing that to the world. And that's their passion. I also had the joyful opportunity to interview Kafe Facet. And that was really cool because I ended up interviewing all four people in the Kafe Facet Collective. And I did this little bit of a campaign actually with the podcast where I rolled out four episodes in a row while I was in the UK. So that was really neat to sort of do that project and make it roll out as I was there. And it actually ended in an opportunity for me to meet him in person. And I knew I was going to see him at the show, but at the end of the interviews, I had been interviewing them for hours and hours and I had all this content to edit, but at the end, I said to his partner, Brandon, I said, I, I need to meet you guys in person. And more than just at the show, I need to come to your home or meet you for coffee or something. And they actually said, yes, I couldn't believe it. So the day before the tour started in England, I hopped on the underground and I took a 40 minute ride and I went straight to their home and I got video footage of it and everything. It was just such a joy to meet them in person in a setting where 
they weren't surrounded by a legion of fans. So that was really, really fun. Another real highlight for me was Laura Kemshaw. Also, she's from the UK, but I have been following her for decades. And I, as an art quilter, I really admire everything she does. And the first time I met her was the first time I went to the UK. That was one of the first times I was really speechless when I met someone because because I'm such a huge fan. She just was looking at me like, really right now? Like, are you really just speechless? And I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm such a fan. And within the year, I had her on the show. And she was one of the guests who immediately said no. I said, please, can I have you on my podcast? And she said, no, no, I'm never going to do that. And I really just responded with, yes, you must. Like, I really just have to share your story. It's such a good story. So she's Design Matters TV, if you've never heard of her. Her and her mom are a duo. They're just so dynamic and they teach so many wonderful surface design processes and everything. Oh, the other big one, of course, was Tula Pink. So Tula Pink is an icon in the quilting world. She's a business masterful. I can't even describe how incredible she is at business. She has a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of information. She allowed me to interview her for five hours. And I just kept saying, are you sure? I have a million more questions. And she just kept letting me ask her questions. And so once all the edits were done, we split it into two episodes. And that is definitely my most listened to episodes of all time. Combining those two, there's over 20,000 downloads on that one. So really, really excited about that one. And she's so kind and clear and she gives good advice. And yeah, I just really enjoyed that. The other one I want to talk about is just an episode that was super, super popular because everybody loves QuiltCon. And QuiltCon is something I've been involved with for a few years. I've gone to the show. I had my podcast lounge there. People come to me and I do speed podcasting there in a vendor booth. And so I have a lot of fun at QuiltCon. But this past year, QuiltCon came to me for the first time. And as a podcaster, you know how joyful it is that someone who you really admire comes to you to be on the podcast. So they came to me and they wanted to feature what's up for 2024. So we did the QuiltCon episode on August 15th when registration opened. And that also has been one of my most listened to episodes. So when we're looking at statistics for podcasts, we're talking about listenership. And if people are listening in, then you know you're doing something right. So yeah, it has been so incredible over the last two years with the podcast, and I've been having a lot of fun. Mentioning QuiltCon, are you going this year? I am going. Are you going to be there, Paula? It will be my first year, so I will get to meet you in person. Oh, good. We'll definitely have you on the podcast. You can come sit in the lounge with me, or you know what? Even better, we'll walk around and look at some of the quilts together. That will be wonderful. I am so looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be fun. And one that you didn't mention on your list, just lately you got to interview Jenny Doan. Yes. Oh my goodness. So Jenny Doan is one of my latest episodes. It was hard to choose, but Jenny Doan was a really, really good episode because I researched a lot and I went on a trip with my mom down to Lewiston, Idaho, and my mom and I listened to the Jenny Doan book on the way down there. So we had just listened to the book. And I had actually really been dreaming of having Jenny on my podcast for years. And I was trying to connect with them and I hadn't quite made it through, you know, the online web form and things like that. And then suddenly they reached out to me 
because they're having their 15th anniversary. So it was such a joy to have her. The feedback for that episode was incredible. I sent an email out to thousands of people with the podcast preview. And usually I'll get an email here and there. But this time I got email after email saying it was such a great episode. And she's kind and clear and uplifting. And her whole YouTube channel and presence on social media really is about taking quilters pre-cuts and quilters, putting them together and getting them to just take action and do the work, right? And just have some fun and enjoy. So it really is about beginner quilters can get in easily. Seasoned quilters can just really have fun. So yeah, she's so engaging. So it was an absolute joy to have her on the podcast as well. I was curious, back when we talked a couple years ago, you had two businesses going, your quilter on fire and a fire consulting type business. Yeah, absolutely. So I had both of those things going on. I was trying to do my passion on this side and make ends meet and do both. And, you know, I really just finally, when the pandemic hit, I realized, you know what, I need to do what I love and I need to do it in a way where I'm generating income and still bringing what I need to bring to the world, to my audience, to my community. So I left the fire service. I was teaching people how to keep their property safe from wildfire at the time. And I decided, you know what? The podcast is going really well. Things are happening. I'm teaching and speaking a lot. I think I can do this for a living full time. So about two years ago, I shifted over to quilting full time. And I have done hundreds of teaching and speaking gigs over the pandemic. And I've never looked back. It's been so much fun. I can't even tell you how much joy I'm having. Yeah, I just want to keep going and keep going. I don't see myself stopping anytime soon. I'm just having a blast. It looks like you also have become a quilt judge. Is that right? Yes, I have become a quilt judge. That was a five-year process. And I started, oh, well, over five years ago. And then the pandemic hit. So I was in the middle of learning. And becoming a quilt judge for me is not about judging people or judging quilts even. It's about learning for myself. So as an art quilter, sometimes I really feel a little bit like I'm a little left out when it comes to quilters. They see me as a little artful and a little bit out there, right? And so the podcast helped me surround myself with a community of quilters, but the learning process that's involved in becoming a judge has really uplifted my game, really. Like it's brought me to a new level with my skills and there's a lot of self-study involved. When you become a quilt judge in the USA, it's called the NACQJ Quilt Judging Program, National Association of Certified Quilt Judges. First, when you dive in, you do this paperwork and it's 30 questions. And the 30th question is another 30 questions within it. So it's really kind of like 60 questions, but it ends up being about 60 pages of paperwork and study and research that you do. Once you pass your paperwork and then you go in for a paneling, which is a few judges sort of putting you to the test, it was just a lot of fun. It was a real educational process for me. But the most important part of that entire thing over the five years is that I surrounded myself with a group of mentors who are just incredible. If I ever struggle, even if I'm struggling with, you know, like a negative Nelly or someone who's being mean to me on social media. I can go to that quilt judging circle of friends and I can talk to them about it and they say how they've dealt with it in the past and things like that. So it really is a circle of mentors and friends. I got to interview Mary, Mary. Lysaker. 
Yeah. Yeah. She lives near me. I got to go to her house and interview her. Oh, she's wonderful. I absolutely love her. Oh, neat. I'm so glad you know her. Yeah, she is a wealth of knowledge. I just met her recently in Shipshawana because the quilt judges had a little conference. And there was maybe 20 or 24 of us, but we all got together. And the quilt judging conference is a little different than the average conference because there's just us, right? And so we're each required to do a little presentation of something we know. And it's a little intimidating because I was the newest brand new judge. So I brought a little presentation to the table, but to learn from everyone in that setting was just so amazing. So yeah, and Mary was so sweet. It was fun to get to go to her home. Yeah, she is so sweet. She has so much knowledge, the history that she brings to the table. She was talking to us about binding and Even though you think you might know it all, there's always one little tidbit you just didn't realize. So a lot of great information there. Mm -hmm. One of your hobbies or activities was learning to golf. Have you continued golfing? Yeah, my husband got me into golf a couple of years ago. And it was so funny because, you know, I had that assumption of, oh, golf is for old people, not unlike what some people think about quilting. They think quilting is for grandmothers, but I was kind of thinking golf was, oh, you know, when I can't do exercise anymore, I'll start golfing. Well, my husband got me into golfing and that first year, I think we golfed 50 games that year. We loved it so much. And then the next year he bought me a real fancy set of golf clubs for my 50th birthday. Wow. Once you have new clubs that are consistent and you use the same ones all the time and they're not an old hacker set of clubs, then you really feel good, like consistent. And I think the reason I love golf so much is, first of all, you're getting out into the wilderness, you're being active, but I think I'm generally consistent. Like I hit the ball straight. And even though I don't hit it very far and I don't have all the skill of using the different clubs for different distances, I hit it pretty straight and I'm consistent. So there's so much joy in that and just being able to get from the tee all the way to the green. So it's been a lot of fun and it's another great way to spend some good time with my husband. So that's been a real treat. It is good to find things we can do together. Yeah. And I loved how you had an emphasis on quilts of valor last time we spoke. Are you still supporting that? Oh, yeah. I love Quilts of Valor. There is no feeling like the feeling in your heart of giving a quilt to someone in need like that. So Quilts of Valor is something I will always support. I was helping them out for a few years back then with their marketing and social media. And now I just talk about it on the podcast once in a while. But I really think it's just such a great organization for soldiers who are sick or injured. For them to have a quilt that was made by a total stranger and given to them because they served our country. I always tell this story when I'm talking about Quilts of Valor. When I was helping them with their marketing and social media, that was many years ago, actually, and we weren't using Zoom as much yet. We were on the phone for our monthly meetings. And I remember there was the secretary would always read the little cards that came in from the Quilts of Valor recipients. And I'll never forget this one card that she read. She said, this is the tiniest little card. She opened it up and all it said was, this quilt saves my life every day. That in a nutshell, it just made me realize it's nothing for me to make a quilt of valor. I can do that on a Sunday. It's just, you know, it's a joy for me. It's my passion. It's quilting. But to give it to the person 
who it means so much to them to have something from someone they don't even know. Someone out of the goodness of their heart just made this. So yeah, I just think Quilts of Valor is so, so important. And there's one more thing, actually, I'd love to mention right now that also is a really great organization that I had on the podcast, and that's Quilts for Survivors. And now this is a Canadian nonprofit, but Vanessa Genier started Quilts for Survivors for residential school survivors. And in the last few years, she's given well over 2,000 quilts to residential school survivors. So that's another incredible organization that we have up here in Canada. Interesting. Wow. Thank you for mentioning that. Now, before the pandemic, you had these wonderful retreats annually. Have you been able to start those up again? I had so much fun. I've had two retreats, two big ones, and had a lot of fun, but I have not started them up again. And I think the reason for that is because I'm traveling so much now. We're going to talk about Japan, and I traveled to England a couple of times. I'm just going to so many quilt shows and doing so many teaching and speaking gigs that I don't have time to plan the retreats. I'm not sure. I'm thinking I'll probably end up going to retreats in different destinations, perhaps, and doing that kind of thing. It is about six months of work to put a retreat together. And although it was pure joy to have them, it's a lot of work. So we'll see. I mean, I'm not going to say I'll never do them again because I love them and I love those people. There are so many people that have come to my retreats that are sort of chomping at the bit for me to do another one because they're going to come back. So I may just pull one out of the hat in the future. I'm not sure. Well, in a way... Your tours are traveling retreats, right? Yeah, it's so true. When we go on a tour, I have the joy of being the happiness factor. So I am the tour leader. So I'm not a tour guide. We also have a guide with us for England and Japan. Of course, Japan, because we have someone who's translating for us, but I'm the tour leader. And so what that means is I'm there for you to have fun with you and to make sure you have the little things like the passport with you and You've emptied out your safe in the room before we leave that hotel. And really, I'm there to bring joy. So we do fun things on the bus and, you know, we just have a lot of fun. So the one that I have coming up right away is Japan. The thing about this trip is that we've got four workshops planned. And so usually when you go on a tour, you see the sites, you see the sort of cultural, the heritage of the place, right? And this time, though, we're going to be doing actual dyeing and actual tying and actual stitching and we get to take those things home there's even one workshop that we're doing so much stuff that they end up sending it to us afterwards because it's too much to put in our suitcase so we're gonna have a lot of fun we experience old japan we do all kinds of shopping but we definitely get our hands in with the workshops and the lessons so we created this tour with quilters in mind and we're gonna get some stitching done and what are the dates of that tour The dates of that tour are, it's May 15th to 26th, and it's a 12-day tour. 12 days. Yeah. That sounds like so much fun. Yeah. And I guess I should say where you need to go if you're interested in finding out more information. So if you want to take a tour with me to Japan this year, you can go to opulentquiltjourneys.com. Just click on Japan and there's a few different Japan trips. So search around for Brandy and then you'll see my trip. Great. Another thing that you've started up since we spoke was you have become an ambassador for both Bernina Canada 
and Madeira Threads. Yes, I am so excited about both of these adventures. So two years ago, well, I guess it's a year and a bit because I just re-signed my contract for Bernina. So over a year now, I've been an ambassador for Bernina. And I have been a Bernina girl for over 20 years before I became an ambassador for them. I know that everybody loves their machine and there's all kinds of wonderful machines on the market. But when you get involved in your machine and you really learn it, it's just such a joy because you don't have all that stress of having problems and you really know how to use your machine well. And what's involved in being an ambassador is that you are promoting their brand, right? So I have my podcast and my social media and there's requirements involved. You know, they lend you a machine and you use it and you feature it and you have the joy of creating all your projects on it and you share it with the world, you know, how it's going. One little fun thing that's happened since I became a Bernina ambassador was I did a quilting cruise for Stitch in Heaven. And at the end of the cruise, they asked the two teachers, will you help us clean the machines to get ready for the next cruise? Of course, we're sitting down, we're cleaning like 50 machines. And so we've got 10 or 12 machines each. And as I was cleaning out the machines, it was so satisfying to get the lint out of there and clean them really properly. Like I've cleaned my machine before, but those educators taught me to clean it really properly. And now I am absolutely addicted to cleaning my machine. I open up the bobbin and I look in there and there's no lint and I'm like, darn it, it's not ready to be cleaned yet. <laughs> you know, It's so satisfying to pull those little lint balls out of there with the tweezers and have it really nice and spotless, which is a good thing because when we do videos of our Bernina machines and things like that, we want to make sure that they look really good and they're spotless. So it's been a lot of fun. It really has been a lot of fun. But Madeira, let's talk about Madeira for a little bit. So I love all kinds of brands of thread, but when Madeira approached me, I thought, gee, I, I've heard of Madeira, but I really thought it was more embroidery, which it was. They're huge in the embroidery world. And in fact, they're the biggest thread company in the world. But when they reached out to me, I thought, well, I can't be an ambassador unless I know the product and love the product. And most of all, I love the team or the family behind the company, right? So I got to know them a little bit on Zoom and they sent me hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of product to try, which was so fun. I just had a blast making samples of everything. And the thing that really stood out for me with Madeira over some of the other brands that had approached me as well was that Madeira has such a vast variety of threads. And as an art quilter, I use so many different types of threads from polyesters to there's even a ceramic thread. There's a thread that's made of wood and it's a sustainable thread, which I love. So I use that for my piecing now. And also the range of metallics is incredible. So I really had a lot of fun playing with them all. And yeah, I just, I'm never going to go back. I'm really hooked on this thread and I'm having a blast with it. So I'm so overjoyed that they even came to me in the first place. Well, Brandy, you've been with Madeira for less than a year, but you've already have your face on a box. What's that about? Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. We just launched my first thread collection at Houston in the fall of 2023. And I'm so excited because they have this line of thread called Sensagreen. And it is a sustainable thread made of wood. So it's like it's lyocell, actually, what it's made of. And we really wanted to feature that at Houston because it's not something that's available in other thread companies and it's their trees, it's their forest, it's completely sustainable. So I was able to pick two sets of five. 
And one of them is called Forest Whispers, which is a lighter set. And the other one's called Forest Shadows. And it's a lighter and darker version of the same thing. There's gorgeous blues, browns, greens, sort of a golden and copper. And they're in a light and dark colorway. I was so excited because it was the first time that I got to pick colors that I love that really go with the earth and they go with the brand of Sensa Green. And of course, my face is on the box as well. So you'll be able to find those on my website as well at quilteronfire.com. And if you're interested in trying this sustainable thread, like you really should reach out to me because I'll have it available and you can pick up one of those sets for sure. Oh, how cool. One more thing on that thread. You've mentioned a couple of times now that they're from wood fibers. Yeah. And how does that hold up compared to cotton? It really does. You know, people have actually said to me, like, won't that just fall apart? But no, they have this incredible process. You can actually go to quilteronfire.com and watch the video about how Sense of Green is made. And you'll see that it's a process that actually uses less water, it actually recycles everything. It's a, like a closed loop process. So there's much less waste. It really comes up with a strong product. And the colors are incredible. The range of colors are wonderful. This is my favorite thread to use now for piecing. I find it slightly thin to use in my quilting on top. I'll end up using their Katona, which is a 50 or even a 30 weight Katona for my quilting. But yeah, I absolutely love this thread for piecing. And I think it's what I'm going to be using from here on in. Oh, I am looking forward to learning more about that. Have fun. And I'm actually going to be in the Madeira booth for Quilt Market at Houston this year. So I'll be in their booth demonstrating the whole week there. And then after that, I'll be staying on to podcast and enjoy Quilt Festival as well. Your schedule must be so crazy. <laughs> yeah, it really is crazy. I think I need to hire someone to help manage my schedule because my husband travels one week a month to the U.S., you know, we're from Canada, of course. So he travels one week a month to the US for work. And I travel almost two to three weeks a month now. And sometimes we don't see each other for so long. It's kind of incredible. But you know, this end of year, this last quarter of the year looks so good. I just got back from Vegas. So that was a big trip with So Yeah Quilting. Just got back from there. And I brought my husband with me on that trip. So we had a lot of fun in Vegas. So we're going to have a nice family Christmas. We're actually going to have Christmas early this year. Because my son, who is about to turn 21, he's going off to Australia for a year and he leaves on December 5th. So we'll be having Christmas a little early and we'll be sending him off. And then I don't know what we're going to do. We'll suddenly be empty nesters. We might have to go on a holiday for Christmas or something. <laughs> Not a holiday to Australia though, right? <laughs> well, I do want to go to Australia. I would love to go to Australia again because 25 years ago, that's where we got married. So that would be a yeah, dream come true. But when he's gone on December 5th, what we're thinking of doing is letting him settle in for three or four months and then we'll go on a holiday in the new year, maybe. We'll try to avoid spring break, I think. But maybe after QuiltCon is over, then we'll think about going to Australia to visit him. Yeah, I can't wait to do that. That'll be fun. That would be. I wanted to jump back here a second. You talked about cleaning your machine and something I saw that I don't think everyone knows that we're not supposed to use canned air on our machines. Yeah, yeah that's true. On that topic, there's two really important things. You know, when you use canned air, 
it can really get in there and blast things around, but it's not necessarily blasting things out. It might be blasting things further in to the point where you can't even get it out later. So blasted air could be a little rough. The other thing is when you're threading your machine from the top and you're taking a thread out, a lot of people just grab the spool and yank the thread out of your machine backwards. They pull it back through the machine. That's not really that wise either if you want to get out of that habit because you're pulling that thread and sometimes lint back through the machine. And it's always good to just clip the thread at the top, grab it at the needle and pull it through forward so that if there is something in there along the way, even a piece of thread that's caught, you're pulling it out forwards and you're getting it out of the machine. So those are a couple little tips on machine maintenance. Sometimes you're having struggles with tension and things like that, and it might just be because of that lint or because extra threads are caught in there. And those are a couple tips to help you out there. Thank you. Those are great tips. Was there anything else you wanted to share, Brandy? Yeah, you know, if I sort of think about the last couple of years since we chatted, there's one new addition to my family that has been pure joy. And that is that we got a puppy. And her name is Luna. She's a chocolate lab and she just turned two years old. So that's how long we've had her. She's actually snoozing right behind me. I'm just telling you that the joy of having a puppy and a dog who is a cuddle monster as well as loves to be outdoor doing outdoor adventure, it just brings a lot of joy to your family. So that's one thing that's been really amazing. And there's a couple other announcements I'd love to make, Paula, if you'd give me a moment to do that. I have a couple fun new things that have been happening just in 2023. So one of them is in January, I launched some live online courses and they went so well. I did a boot camp and I did a bag making course. I'm not a bag maker, but we're doing this textile fun adventure and then we put it on a bag. So I launched those live. They went really, really well. So now I'm creating on-demand classes. So By the beginning of 2024, I'll probably have two classes up on demand. So you'll be able to go to the Quilter on Fire website to find those. And then the other thing that I just mentioned a little earlier is I went down to Las Vegas and I met with the Soya brothers from Soya Quilting and they invited me down to help me launch my YouTube channel. So I went on their YouTube channel. We did a whole bunch of fun filming together. And we talked a little bit about quilt judging and some other fun things. We did a couple of projects together. And so they're introducing me to their bajillion followers on their channel. I've had a YouTube channel for a long time and I've dabbled with things here and there, but I've never really put in a strong effort on YouTube. So with the help of the Soya Brothers, I've really realized that having consistent content is so important. So I launched my channel October 15th. And I've been having weekly videos ever since. And it's just been so much fun. I'm really looking forward to seeing those, Brandy. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I mean, I'm always talking about little tips and tricks and I'm always posting things on social media. So why not give them a little bit of longer content? It's all about my community that I've built. I just want to give them a little bit more value. So having some long form content videos, I think will be a great addition to the mix. Mm hmm. So one more thing I'm really excited about, again, of course, because I'm going to see you, Paula, at QuiltCon, is that I'm heading to QuiltCon. So if you are at QuiltCon and you're listening right now and you're heading to QuiltCon or you're planning to go in the new year, come on by the Oliso booth at QuiltCon. You all know Oliso Irons. So I'm in the Oliso Irons booth 
I'll have a podcast lounge. I'll be doing speed podcasting. So it's not intimidating. You can just come on, sit down. I'll ask you who you are, what's your favorite thing, that kind of thing. And if you don't want to be on the podcast, you're a little nervous about that, please still just come on by and say hello anyway. I would love to meet you. I am so looking forward to meeting you and other people I've met online, but also getting to know new people that I haven't met yet. So I'm assuming I will get to do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Like at QuiltCon, it's just common for you to walk up to someone who's got an amazing quilted jacket or amazing quilted shoes and you just stop them dead and say, tell me your story. I want to know everything. I've met so many of my podcast guests at QuiltCon. I just had Samantha Krebsbach. I just interviewed her the other day because I met her at QuiltCon and I saw her shoes and I wanted to know what they were all about. So there's so many fun people there and they're all like-minded and they all want to meet you and they all just want to celebrate quilting. So it's a really fun event to attend. My husband will be coming with me. He'll be working from the hotel on the weekdays, but he probably will come and take a look around on Saturday. And he keeps telling me that if I make him some crazy outfit, he'll wear it. Oh, good. (laughs) That's so great. You have to put him in a quilted shirt or something like that. (laughs) I don't know if I'll have time to do that, but he would wear it if I make it. Yeah. Quilters have a lot of joy. And I think it's a challenge to make quilted clothing that fits you properly and looks really good and all that kind of stuff. And it's not too hot. You know, if you make a quilted jacket, you're going to boil to death. So there's a lot of inventive things out there. Some people make beautiful bags, the shoes, of course, there's people wearing full on quilted dresses. You are just going to have so much fun. It's a people watching event for sure. Randy, you mentioned several times throughout our interview, your tagline of more joy, less overwhelm. I would like to hear how that works out in your life. You know, I came to that over a long period of time. You know, I've always wanted to bring joy, but then I thought, what's stopping people? What is preventing us from taking action and doing the things we love? And, you know, I think it's the negative Nellies out there sometimes. And so sometimes we'll see a comment online or we'll have someone say right to our face, you know, you're not enough or you're too much or who do you think you are? So the less overwhelmed part of my tagline is you get to choose. You get to choose your path. You get to choose what you want to do. You get to choose who you surround yourself with. So more joy and less overwhelm is take part in a passion, your quilting hobby or your quilting path that you love, but then also surround yourself with people who lift you up and let the negative Nellies just go away. Great. And again, share your social media links so that we can find you. Oh yeah, for sure. So of course you can find me on the website, quilteronfire.com, but I am everywhere on the socials as Quilter on Fire. That makes it easy. Yeah, it's really easy. Well, thank you so, so much for sharing with me, Brandy. I had such a great time catching up with you. Paula, it has been such a pleasure to be back on A Quilter's Life podcast. You are doing some wonderful things, and I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com 
or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts. Please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, through the website to set up an interview. And as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.